everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Legal Leverage podcast. Today we are speaking to human design guide, creator of the Legally Different podcast and former big law lawyer, Lauren Kay. Lauren Kay is a human design guide, as I mentioned. She's passionate about human potential, guiding and teaching people to understand their unique gifts and strengths and how they are designed to work and live optimally. She's also a lawyer, so she's in good company. She's a former big law lawyer, now a legal consultant and an advocate of WFA, which is Work From Anywhere Movement. She's passionate about aligning with freedom, passion and purpose in your work in business, which is something we talk about quite a lot on this podcast. She's also the creator of the Legally Different podcast, so hop on over if you've not listened to that already, where she has conversations with pioneering legal humans and a hub for soul-fueled success. Lauren, welcome. Wow, thank you, Babs. It's amazing to be here and a different turn of events. I'm in the hot seat, so I've interviewed <laughs> you before. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I have to say, like, I've done a lot of podcast interviews and coming on your podcast is one of the most fun ones that I did. So thank you. Oh, amazing. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really excited about this one. Oh, amazing. So tell us a bit. Let's just dive right in. Tell us a bit about the path that you took to get to where you are now, because I've just read out your background and, and what you do, and there's loads there and there's lots of different things. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, cool. Gosh, big question, sort of where <laughs> to start. But I guess, um, yeah, you touched on there that I'm a lawyer and I started out my the early years of my career on the very traditional linear path, um, kind of aiming to be partner as a lawyer in a large traditional law firm doing the hustle, really working hard, thinking that was for me. Until a few years in, I was like, hmm, I was getting kind of, I didn't recognize them as these at the time, but there were definitely soul nudges saying, hey, Lauren, is this the real path for you? (laughs) And it was beginning to show up in things like early signs of burnout or just feeling unfulfilled or just a bit robotic in my uh, routines and things. And I just suddenly had this realization, no, this isn't for me. This isn't my path, even though I was really proud for where I'd got to. Obviously, law is a really tough career. Um, I just thought, no. And something told me to take a break, just quit, take a break. I had no other plans. And that's what I did. I went (laughs) traveling. And for me, that was really pivotal. I wasn't kind of a travely person at that point. I had never like put on a backpack Um, That was maybe five years ago now. And I went off traveling, which I was really glad I did. It was a really pivotal period for me. Um, During that time, I found, um, well, I went to Bali and just fell in love with it. And it was my time there that really enabled me to do lots of inner work, discover really who I am, what my version of success is, what I want work to look like. I also fell in love with Bali generally. I met back then loads of like digital nomads and other people working remotely. And that just opened my mind up like, oh, you can work from anywhere if you want. Obviously this is early days. It's kind of normal now, but this was way pre-COVID. And, you know, basically no other model existed in law back then. Like it was a big deal if you know, you needed to work from home because your plumber was coming around, like (laughs) never mind (laughs) working on the other side of the world. And that just planted a seed. And um, I kind of just got really clear on who I was, what my values were. One big value I really anchored into and realized is so important for me is freedom. And there's many different facets to that, of course, but one element of that for me, particularly at that time involved 
travel and being where I wanted to and working yeah. on my own timeline and things like that. So I decided, hey, I'm going to live in Bali. And <laughs> I didn't know how that was going to happen. So after my travels, I decided, oh, I'm going to go back, live in Bali, work remotely. At that time, I had no set plan of how that might happen, um, except I just anchored into this value of freedom and that I was set on making it happen. With that in mind, getting really clear on, on that value and that intention, just like amazing opportunities came my way. I found work in that time in the legal field. That's where, with like open-minded business owners who were happy for me to work from ballet. And at that time, I was um, in the early stages of creating a life coaching business. And so that's what I did. I went and lived and worked from ballet. And that, that time was really pivotal. Like I now live back in the UK um but have you know remote working still very much in my heart and and freedom has evolved it doesn't just involve traveling as such but it is something I love to do and as we're recording this I'm in Mexico I've just spent the <laughs> month of February working remotely from here so I guess that's yeah very, very long story short and I'd say a key piece to that was like it wasn't whilst my physical environment was really important it was um one of the key things for me was really all the inner work I did, like all the different yeah. opportunities I was exposed to in Bali because it's such a center for like personal development and healing. And like, yeah, the inner work, I would say that has been pivotal in my journey and, and still continually is. That's amazing. I'm so jealous you're in Mexico. <laughs> I'm sitting here freezing cold in Ireland. Um, we, we didn't order enough oil this weekend for our heating so it's absolutely freezing cold um, and you're sitting in the sun I'm very jealous very jealous <laughs> to be fair we have had our fair share of rain I would say but would yeah, you right now. <laughs> well I, I your your tan is significantly better than mine so um so you mentioned loads of things there and it's so cool I'm so interested and intrigued by it and um, what is your biggest achievement out of all of it hmm good question yeah, it's really hard to pick my biggest achievement because I think I've evolved so much. So like an earlier version of me would have been so proud of me qualifying as a lawyer, particularly with my background. Like I'm from a, a steel town in the north of England. None, none of my family went to university. You know, I had no other professionals around me. So I'm super proud of that. And yeah. I think there's lots of achievements that um, society would deem, oh, amazing achievements. But I think the ones that really stand out for me in terms of where I am now, I kind of like the inner achievements that aren't yeah, visible from the outside. So like yeah. how much kind of inner work I've done and like try to navigate things based on who I truly am and like getting clear on, for example, that value of freedom and moving from that space. Yeah. And continually checking in with that, continually checking in with what my, what my values are and how they're evolving in different situations and, and moving from that phase. And they're the kind of things that society doesn't praise as such, but they are the things that truly bring us fulfillment from the inside out. It's amazing. That's actually amazing. Um, so obviously... Lauren, this podcast is normally, we've had lots of, diff lots of different guests on, but normally here we're chatting about all things legal and growing and scaling your business kind of without legal risk or with reduced legal risk. So you're a lawyer, but what's your experience with business and the kind of legal side of things? Yeah, well, yeah, obviously I'm a lawyer, so I'm a legal advisor as well. And I've spent my whole career advising businesses because I'm in um, yeah commercial law. Um, 
Personally, yeah, I'm at the very early stages of my own human design business. So I've been um, navigating certain legal aspects of that. Um, some things I definitely have an, like a really good grasp on. Um, yeah. But some things, for example, um, the trademark for Legally Different, you helped me with. And yeah. I think when it comes to my own personal legal things, whilst I do know certain things, um, going through that process, I kind of just reinforce that it's amazing to get a specialist on board and get external yeah. help. And particularly for um, projectors in human design, which we'll come on to, a key theme for projectors in work, life, business is delegating and not doing everything <laughs> yourself. And the power of delegation can just bring so much like peace and satisfaction to a projector in different ways. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with different things. I feel into it, whether I, hmm, is this something I want to navigate myself if it's a personal thing or is it time to kind of delegate and bring in a specialist? Yeah, amazing. So you've referenced it a few times and I'm sure for people who know what human design is, they're so excited to hear what you've got to say. And for people who don't know, honestly, listen up because it is really, really intriguing. So tell us a bit about it. What is human design? Yeah, so... Human design is really um, a system we can use to understand ourselves better, not just ourselves, but teams, businesses, how um, teams can be configured in, in the way to optimize best how people work and live. And really, it's a system. It's um, a system that has come. It's like a merger of both like the East and West. So it's made up of... Um, like systems from the East, including the chakra system, the I Ching, the Kabbalah, the Tree of Life, and then also um, more scientific systems such as quantum physics. Um, and it's also made up of astrology. So this is beautiful fusion of all these different systems, which some of which may seem woo-woo to some people, mm -hmm. um, but it really is powerful. And the key is just like experiencing it. And like when you find out about your type, like putting it into putting it into practice and seeing if that mm -hmm. resonates with you and if it helps you. And it's actually really big in America. Lots of businesses now use it to help them with recruitment, team configuration, understanding how they work, and then like putting in, putting in those strategies in place. Yeah. And basically, as you've seen, it's based on your time, date, and place of birth. And you get this chart up, which is basically like an energetic and a genetic configuration of who you are, um, like a body graph. And each element in that is basically a strength, a gift that you have. And basically, it's like this amazing invitation to lean in, into who you truly are. Like, forget the external versions of success, how you're meant to run your business, all those things. Who are you? What are your personal strategies? How do you work best? How are you designed to make decisions? Um, yeah, it can help us guide us on all these different things. So, so to summarize, I would say it's almost like a blueprint for our own success. It's like a personal blueprint, a, yeah. per, a personal map, a signpost. Yeah, Amazing. So in terms of like a business aspect, you've mentioned that employers, et cetera, especially in the States are using it now. Why is it such a supportive tool? How can it, how can it help businesses? Mm, good question. I think because you know, to date, we've kind of been applying one blueprint to all. It's like, you come work for us, you, you hustle, you grind, you do this, you work nine to five or whatever the patterns are. And that doesn't suit everyone. Um, also we're all designed to make decisions differently, we're designed to interact differently with people, for example. And it's kind of, 
individualizing the process, making, understanding that everyone is different. We're all this different puzzle piece. And together, if we just own who we are, if we own our unique puzzle piece, together we fit together and make like this one amazing puzzle or picture. Um, And that's another beautiful thing about human design, actually, which is kind of going a bit deeper, really. But like, for example, in your chart, you'll see different elements, like different numbers and things. You can see where someone else has the opposite number and where together you make a strength and things like that. So yeah, it's a great way to gain leverage and using our, our true, authentic, unique gifts and tools to to the potential of your work, the business. Amazing. So there's five different types of human design, is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can you give us a bit of a, a spiel about what each of these are? Absolutely, yeah. So, and this is the best way really to give the best flavor of what human design is kind of listening to each each of the types and if you're listening to this um do feel free to pull up your own human design chart we can put the links up in the show notes where you can Absolutely. access that yeah but um we will start with um generators so okay. generators are 40 percent of the population and generators are the true engines of the earth they are here to do so we've all been programmed to do Uh, execute things but generators are really the ones who are here to do that Um, so they're kind of the life force of our planet Um, but the key theme with generators and this is one to watch out for in your business and your work is because they're great doers because they execute everything and they've got the engine for that they get a lot of things piled on them and things they don't necessarily love so a key like um, kind of thing to watch out for if you're a generator is follow what lights you up that is your guiding light does this light me up and if it doesn't it's a no and lean into what does light you up and each type has what's called a strategy and the generator's strategy is to respond Mm -hmm. um so they're not necessarily meant to be out there hustling finding all the opportunities which they tend to gravitate to because they have such a good a big engine to do that they're meant to sit back and let life send them things and decide, oh, oh, what's lighting me up here? What do I respond to? Yeah. Um, and they more the more that they fill up their own cup, the more that they are like lit up, the like the more opportunities they attract. Generators are the kind of people who walk into a room and you like feel them. It's like, oh, there's a generator in the room because their aura is like, if you could see it, it's like all over, it's huge, it's expansive. And people can really feel them. And there's nothing better. Like I've got two beautiful generators in my life. Um, my partner and my best friend are generators. And when, when they are lit up and like living in alignment, you really feel it. Yeah. And so what generators need to do, like this is a key tip for your work or for your business, is follow what lights you up because it will make your life easier. More, more um, opportunities will come your way and other people will feel that as well. Um, especially because one thing generators tend to do is they love to help other people then and they fall into people pleasing but they do that by depleting their energy but the more they fill up their own cup they actually like without realizing give off like this sparkly energy that helps other people anyway amazing so that's the first type and kind of closely connected to generators the second type is manifesting generators and they are 30 percent of the population so they are similar to generators, but they, um, they're, an, they're their own type and they can go much quicker. So they have the engine of generators and everything I said just then applies to them, except they can go faster and they're not here to do things in linear ways. And they tend to be 
multi-passionate and multifaceted and multi-talented and do a million things at once and maybe start things and don't finish it. And they often grow up with conditioning around the fact that they should finish something, but there's maybe resistance around that. But actually, they're just meant to pick up and start things as and when they feel. And they're really here to break the mold and do things in a non-linear way. Um, I would say they um, are kind of hard to manage. So if you're a manifesting generator <laughs> in an employed role, make sure you have a lot of freedom, a lot of diversity. If, if your kind of work is kind of linear, then having hobbies around that to fill up your own cup. Yeah. Um, and their strategy is the same as generators as well to respond so they have an even quicker, faster, powerful engine than generators. So the inclination is to get out there, hustle, create opportunities. But again, it's about filling up your own cup, light, you know, feeling amazing with what you're doing and yeah. let the opportunity come to you. And another point, actually, which applies to each um, type is you have something called yourself and your not self theme and generators mm-hmm. and manifesting generators. Just, this is just the final piece. There's so much more I could say. Um, generators and manifesting generators have the same one, which is, um, so not self theme is frustration. Mm -hmm. So watch out if you're a generator or a manifesting generator feeling frustrated, of course, you're a human, you feel all different emotions, but if you're feeling frustrated, it's a little sign that you're off piece and maybe not working in alignment. So watch out when that pops up and your self theme is satisfaction. So when you feel satisfied like mm, with something and like really satisfied with your work and lit up and that is your your signpost from the universe really that you're 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 in alignment amazing do you know even as you're just starting now I'm thinking I have no idea what the human design is for like my team um but I'm thinking in my head like I think this person is that and I think this person is that which is so funny interesting yeah it'd be so <laughs> cool to find out I obviously know. We know yours which we're just about to get <laughs> onto actually so The next type is projectors. They are 20% of the population, so fairly rare. And that's what Babs is. I should say on that point, actually, even though like generators are 40%, um, manifesting generator are 30%, you might think, oh, I'm not rare if I'm this type. You are because once you see your body graph, like it's just pretty wild, to be honest. And there's like several (laughs) billion different configurations. So your type is just kind of the entry point, really. And there's so much underneath that, but it's equally super useful to know. So, yeah, Babs is a projector, 20% of the population. I'm also a projector. Mm-hmm. Projectors are here to be like the guides, the wise guides, the seers. They're like the CEOs, they're guiding everyone else. And their gift really is their view, their unique perspective on things. They're like a bird in the treetops and they just have such a clear view of everything. So they can be up there looking at the generators and manifesting generators running around and you can be like, (laughs) oh, if you just go there, that would be a lot better for you. Or if you, you know, just slow down a bit or just enjoy life. And projectors and manifesting generators and generators work really well together. Um, The generators and manifesting generators give projectors that kind of life force, that power, that engine, And uh, the projector is a great guide either, um, you know, to help them in more of a personal capacity to guide them in terms of their own energy and what lights them up or like in more of a work capacity. So, for example, you with your legal business, like that makes so much sense that, you know, you're the owner, you're the guide at the top. Yes, you still do the doing, but you also have a team who help you and you're there guiding them. So that's like a perfect dynamic. Yeah, That's not to say you can't be the flip side and do the other thing, but it's like 
also being mindful of what your gifts are and your strengths are uh, which you know is, is a like more detailed part of human design to make sure you're implementing them in the right way for you amazing um oh and one other piece before we leave projectors to our self and not self theme is mm-hmm. um so our not self theme and i don't know if you resonate with this is bitterness so when you're not <laughs> when you're feeling a bit off piece you can get bitter where you're like oh oh why did that happen or why did that person say this or whatever <laughs> and then our self theme so when we are on track is success and I love this I love this dynamic because um projectors you know we don't have a huge engine the reason for that in technical terms is we don't have our sacral center defined which is the second center up from the bottom on your body chart Um, we don't have like a natural engine but I love I love this dynamic. I love that we're here to be successful. I think yeah. we're here to show the way of, of being successful whilst not burning ourselves out and being mindful of our engine and our capacity in that way. Yeah. Um, and the final point on projectors is we're really great one-on-one with people. We have a real gift of seeing people. And the reason for that is because we have our aura is really penetrating and deep. So we can really see into and feel people even if, mm-hmm. and see things they don't even know about themselves. So yeah. they also make, you know, great advisors, i.e. legal, legal advisors. <laughs> and they can really get into a situation or a problem. Amazing. Fab. Okay, nearly there. So that's three out of five. Um, and then the next type is manifestors. They are 7% of the population, so fairly rare. Again, they're like us projectors in the sense that they don't have their own um, engine as such, that go, go, go force. And they're really here as the creators. They have, they're like the ideators and they're the initiators. So their strategy okay. is to initiate. So they are the typical go, go, go. You can start things. You can reach out to people. It's energetically correct for them to initiate and start things. Um, I should have said actually on the projector piece, our strategy is to wait for the invitation. So we're meant to sit back and wait for invitations. And that's when aligned things happen for us, but it's not meant to be super passive, super passive. It's not like, Hey, just wait in your home and wait for this envelope to pop through the door before I do anything in life. Yeah. This is something I've really been experimenting with. Um, it can come in the form of more an, an energetic invitation, like where you just know that you feel so seen and heard by a particular person that you know, I can make this approach or it would be okay to share this. But otherwise, because they have like their views on the world, their perspective is so unique. Not everyone is ready for what they have to say or share. So waiting for the invitation is really important. And it's not passive in the sense that, you you know, you don't do anything, but you're meant to like still stay in your own lane, do your thing, be a lighthouse. That's a great analogy. Like shine as bright as a lighthouse, get on with your gifts, share about what you're passionate about because Mm -hmm. the brighter you shine, the more like boats can see you and come to you for help to then ask you and then seek your advice. Yeah. So yeah, going back to manifestors, they are here to initiate the typical ones who can just, yeah, boldly go in and and start things, but they (laughs) don't always have the engine to continue. So they're typically the ideators and in a business, yeah, they would typically be, the, the person who comes up with the ideas, uh, be really creative, but then it's handed over to someone else maybe to see through the rest of the project and bring it to life. Okay. Um, 
And yeah, so their, their self theme is peace and their not self theme is anger. So if you're feeling anger as a, again, we all feel all array of emotions, but particularly if you're feeling anger as a manifesto, that could be a sign you're a little bit off track. And um, yeah, my sister's a manifesto. So we've been like working really closely on all these different components with her, which has been interesting to see. And she starts out like kind of in the corporate world. And now she's a yoga teacher, but has all sorts of different things going on. And we're like really working with it, like putting her strategy in place to see, you know, monitor the responses that come in, like, are they more aligned and things? So it's really interesting to kind of experiment in real time with that. That's so interesting. I like, I've no, I, as I said, I've no idea who NMD around me, what they are, but I put money on my fiance being a manifester, like money, because he is so creative mm, and everything, but he like flips from bit to bit. And if something goes wrong, it's, it's an anger emotion, whereas I'm definitely bitter. <laughs> so it's so funny, isn't it? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You'll have to look up his chat. After I this. will. I will. I will. I will. So we've yeah. got one more. And yeah, the final piece. So reflectors, and these are super rare. They're only 1% of, um, yeah, the population. They're really rare to come across. Although I do know one actually, and he's a lawyer and basically they're, they're so unique. They're like the temperature gauge of the world. So in, in a reflector's chat, they have no color. They're completely white and open. And that's because they're here, yeah, to be almost like a thermometer for the world to be, to show what's going on. And they're really fluid and chameleonic. They could be around an artist and want to be an artist. And then the next day they're around, I don't know, a business strategist and want to do that. They really take on their environment. And like, it's great to monitor almost like the health and wellness of a reflector because they are genuinely reflecting you know the Um, health and wellness of the community around them for example so in a team dynamic it's amazing to have one reflector kind of on the team or in the business to reflect that um and like I know of some businesses in America who do do that they have them sat on the board kind of just to reflect things back and they are super unique in terms of um how so their strategy it's really like aligned with the moon and they're not meant to make they're meant to make decisions in 28-day cycles, oh, wow. um, which is really tough in this world of go, 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 go. Yeah. And like decision-making is something, you know, we can come on to separately. But for the rest of the types, it's not decision-making. There isn't a set decision-making type for each type, but for reflectors there is. And they're meant to make decisions in 28-day cycles and just be really slow with things. But obviously you wouldn't, if you're a reflector, listen, listen to this. Don't think, oh my God, how am I meant to like do anything? <laughs> like just apply that to the big decisions. Um, and yeah, go with the flow with the smaller ones. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. you've, you've seen my human design chart, um, which yeah. is super interesting. What stands out to you about, about mine? Oh, how do I choose? Um, okay, I'm just going <laughs> to get your chart up. Um, cool. So obviously we've already discussed that you're a projector and with that brings so many gifts, you know, that gift of being that, um, 
visionary, um, great, a great lens on the world, a unique lens on the world, seeing how things can be done in different ways. One thing I didn't mention actually is that we're really great at efficiencies, like creating systems to make things more efficient. Um, It's just one of our gifts and partly because it's one of our gifts, but partly because we don't have like a super engine to put a lot of time and energy into something. So we're always looking for efficiencies. And I don't know about you, but I always felt this in like mainstream traditional corporate law. Like I would do things really quickly and be like, yeah. why does my day have to be this long? I can do it in four hours. Yeah. And actually yeah. they get bitter about that, which says everything, but um, <laughs> um, we tend to be really efficient. So That's just kind of general in headline terms. Looking at your specific chart or what to select. um, I'll do authority because that's a really interesting piece to share in general. So in human design, we all have our own unique authority, which is our decision making. So how we're uniquely designed to make decisions. Again, not necessarily the small day-to-day ones, although... Practicing with those is a great way to kind of build the trust muscle, but generally the bigger decisions. And your um, authority, Babs, is actually the same as mine. It's splenic authority. Splenic means intuition. So you are designed to make decisions based on your intuition, how things feel like that, that inner knowing. And it's generally quite fleeting, quite quiet, generally makes no sense to the world whatsoever. (laughs) But it's like that inner knowing. And it can be like, So you're super intuitive. You have your intuition center defined, um, which is one of the reasons why you have this as your authority. So you're probably the kind of person who can like, I don't know, walk into a restaurant and go, oh, something feels off. I don't think we should stay here. And then you move to a different restaurant and you find out something happened there. Or you move to a different restaurant and you have the best meal of your life. And you're like, oh, I just knew. Or those moments where you don't follow your intuition, you're like, I knew, I knew I should have gone with that instant feeling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like that all the time. I actually went to, I went, loads of people think I'm all woo woo now, but I went to a psychic like about a year or so ago. And the first thing she said to me was, you're big on intuition. You should always trust Mm. your gut. And if you don't listen to your gut, that's when things will go wrong. And it's been so true for me in my life. That's really interesting. Wow. Love that. And what I love about this is, yeah, people might think, oh, that's so woo-woo because especially in the corporate world, we've been designed to think with our minds, overthink things. And actually only a tiny percentage in human design are designed to make decisions based on their mind. And of course we use our minds in day-to-day life, you know, all, all decision-making tools are like, you know, great intelligence systems, but this is about what, which one can you rely on when it's a big decision or yeah. Yeah, something important. And so I think that's really interesting. And, and like, I'm really excited, like seeing like this new way of people opening up to human design of businesses opening up to it and like actually implementing this stuff and like yeah. acknowledging intuition at the board table. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That it has power and women have had that. You might not even have um, intuition as your authority in human design, but women have had that for you know, generations yeah, and generations. Yeah. Intuition has been part of what has guided them. Yeah. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing. Um, what else? Um, I'll take something else to share with you. Um, there's so many things. Um, okay, I'll choose. Oh, there's so many things I want to share with you. <laughs> um, okay, so you have... 
So for those listening, human design, if you're not that familiar with it or you haven't looked up your chart, there's lots of numbers. And each of these is a gift. So Babs, you have the number eight and number one joined up with a line. And where it's a line, so it's not just the number highlighted, but it's joining with another number, that's one of your strengths. Okay. So this is like a super strength for you. And this one goes between your throat center and your identity center, both of which are defined for you. So this tells me you have a really powerful voice. You're here to speak your truth. It carries weight and leadership qualities. And you have a strong sense of who you are, your direction in life. You're not easily influenced. And the one eight really has like these amazing leadership qualities. You're genuinely a leader here to kind of speak on what you've experienced. It's a lot about creativity and entrepreneurialism and sharing your ideas. Um, So that's one of your key gifts. Oh, that well, you resonate with that. I don't know. I feel like it sounds awful to be like, yes, everyone listens to my voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called the the traditional name of it is called the channel of inspiration. And um, yeah, I would say it's a very like, yeah, has inspiring qualities, able to influence. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I, when I do get when I get like a, a thought or a view or, or something on, on, on something in the world, I like, I'm relentless with it and make sure everyone listens to it. And like, mm-hmm. we just, I mean, poor everyone else. Um, but kind of <laughs> hammer the point home. Um, so yeah, probably that does sound like me. Yeah. And this has really like the same marketer and tastemaker qualities to it. Like really good about speaking on things in a new way. Like okay. if you see something you see it can be done in a better way or, you're speaking about a new product or a new offering. You're really great at like showcasing the uniqueness of it. And yeah, yeah it has leadership qualities. So people kind of like oh. listen, like, oh, what's Bab saying now? And yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. And maybe, can I share two more things? Yeah, of course. Just yeah. Because I can't help myself. Um, <laughs> so your emotional center is open, which means mm-hmm. you are... So that's the triangle on the right-hand side. That means okay. you're really empathetic. You really feel the emotions of others. It means you yourself are not really emotional. You're very cool, calm, collected in your own energy. But when you're around others, you're like a sponge to the emotions <laughs> of the world. So that's a gift in itself because you can feel an into people. You sense things in that, in that regard. But it yeah. can be the shadow side of it is, oh, you're feeling really dense. You're feeling emotional. You might associate it with you are emotional, but actually you're just carrying the emotions of the world or people yeah. around you. That's so interesting um, and very true. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, um, or oh, which one to pick? Um, you have, oh, I don't which one to choose just to kind of keep it short gate 41 is defined for you which is the gate of creativity so you're you're very creative and Mm -hmm. it's like really aligned for you to have a creative outlet um I don't yeah definitely more in the traditional sense as well yeah oh Mm -hmm. wow I don't know Um, I've never really felt like a creative person to be honest, but mm-hmm. I guess like I'm, I do enjoy being really creative with my business. I'm just not like mm-hmm. a terribly like arty person or anything like that. But um, yeah. yeah, no, I definitely like thinking up new ideas and trying new things and kind of creating when it comes to my business for sure. Mm-hmm. 
amazing yeah, yeah and it com- can come through in that way definitely yeah, yeah. love that Amazing. One final piece, just to box yeah. it off. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, channel, not at all. You have something called the channel of struggle. Okay. Which is this, um, it's a full line again, going from the number 38 to 28, okay. from your root bottom center to your intuition. And this means you're amazing in a struggle. Like you're a safe pair of hands. You're someone who can deal with anything. Like if there's an issue, it's like, yep, yeah, Babs can sort it out. You're the problem solver, that kind of vibe. But people with the channel of struggle tend to fall into, um, I don't know if you can hear, there's a loud motorbike behind me. I can hear, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's stopped now. Tend to like be in the struggle too much, like associate with it and feel like that's where they need to be, like, I can't feel good. This needs to be a struggle because you're so good in the struggle and you can resolve yeah. anything. It's like where you end up falling into a lot. Yeah. Do you resonate with that? Yeah, big time. Um, and actually mm. people say to me like that I'm a very, well, yeah, cool head in a crisis and like that I kind of just, I don't know that all, I almost kind of just come into my own when like well shit's hitting the fan really mm. um and I noticed that about myself like day-to-day things would stress me out but big things I'm like this is fine this is fine and this is what we do <laughs> interesting wow yeah yeah, yeah not really interesting cool. um so you've you've referenced a few times Lauren about how human design can help like in the boardroom and with decision making and stuff like that and um, can you tell us a little bit more about that and the kind of different ways that we're all designed to make decisions Yeah, definitely. This is one of my favorite topics because I think we've all been conditioned generally, as I said before, to make make decisions with our mind and like, yeah, yeah, tuning into the gut is being used a lot now as well. But we actually have so many intelligence systems within our body to make decisions and we all have a unique one. So um, I'll start with the first one is emotional authority. So you would have this if your emotional center is defined, which yours isn't, and a few other factors in play. And basically, you're made here to make decisions based on your emotions, how something feels. And you're typically not here to make decisions right away, like you are with splenic authority, which we'll touch on again. That's very instant. It's in the moment. Yeah. Same as the gut. You can rely yeah. on it straight away. Um, that motorbike is wrong. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, Whereas, yeah, if you have emotional authority, you're here to kind of ride a wave. So you might like, let's say in the context of an invitation, be like, yes, yes, yes. That sounds amazing. Count me in. And then, but you're on a high at that time. And then the next day you're like, oh my God, why did I say yes to that? (laughs) You're like, no. So it's about working out the length of your wave. So for example, mm-hmm. my sister has emotional authority. We've worked out her wave is three to four days. Yeah. So riding out the wave and not committing, like having boundaries, it's okay to say, I'll come back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess connecting it kind of to legal leverage and businesses, like um, if you're a business owner, being mindful that, you know, everyone works in different ways when it comes to making yeah. decisions They don't necessarily thrive by being put on the spot as such and being forced to make a decision immediately. If you're someone who works for an organization or for someone else, being mindful about your own way that you make decisions and maybe yeah. communicating that and knowing it's okay to put boundaries in place. Um, so that's emotional authority. 
Then there's sacral authority, which is very much um, gut-based, so your gut feeling. I know you touched on that earlier, but there's a slight distinction in human design between the gut and your intuition. So gut is a bit more... And it's not to say you won't ever have this feeling, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your primary authority is intuition. Mm -hmm. The gut is very visceral. It's like a deep feeling in the stomach, and you can generally rely on it instantaneously, although it probably will last for longer than that it won't just be fleeting quite like the intuition necessarily and the gut generally um you can only have well you can only have um sacral authority if you are a generator or a manifesting generator okay and generally the gut loves to respond to things so for anyone listening who has sacral authority um one hack is to like ask it specific questions or tell those around you in your team or your loved ones, ask me specific questions because it responds well to that. So not open any questions like where should we go for dinner tonight? Or what do you think about this project idea? But like, do you want Italian or Thai this evening? And the gut like has something to respond to. And it's like, <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. Like it loves specific questions. Yeah. Um, my partner has sacral authority and that definitely works for him. Um, the next one is splenic authority intuition, which we've already yeah. touched on. Um, very much that intuitive knowing you, yeah. you know, you can't rationalize it. Um, it's an intuitive knowing it's fleeting. It's just kind of there in the moment and then it's gone. A great tip for connecting with that is like kind of just getting quiet, yeah. um, blocking out the outside world. Meditation is great. Just anything that helps you tune inwards. And just learning to trust it as well. Like yeah. I would say I'm like, I'm fairly, it doesn't mean you're not a measured person. You just do random things because it is quite spontaneous. For example, just speaking to my experience, I'm definitely like very measured and I'll sit on certain things. But like when I get that intuitive knowing, That's you, I can just you know. do it. And to the yeah. outside world, it seems spontaneous. But for example, when I quit my job, I just knew it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And I hadn't, didn't just do it in a flash. Yeah, I sat with it for a while. Same. Um, until <laughs> Same. I got that intuitive hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, they're the key ones. Sorry, there's a few yeah. more. They're the key yeah. ones. They're, they're mm-hmm. the most common, the most common yeah. ones that are most likely to come up. The next one is called ego authority. So um, this is all about the heart center. So the heart center in human design is also called ego. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very much about, yeah, what is your heart des- heart's desire? Like they are generally designed to tune into what they truly want from that heartfelt place and it's quite selfish and egoic and that's okay yeah you are designed to operate in that way so go for it um next one is called self-authority and it's connected with the identity center and that's um very much about they they like really need to sound things out with people they trust. They don't yeah. need to take their advice as such, but just that sounding board is super helpful for them to work through the ideas and then they get clarity. Like they know themselves, like it's yeah. all about your identity yourself. Um, so sounding out is, is a great hack for anyone Easy. with self-authority. Um, just two more mental authority, which we've already touched on. That's only a small population, a small percentage of the population that have mental authority, despite the fact that, you know, we've been raised yeah. to like think things through all the time and then we end up overanalyzing and then not doing a thing. But um, yeah. if you've got mental authority, you are, it's the line for you to make, you know, decisions based on your mind. You probably, you'll be very like, you're very much a genius, have a razor sharp mind. 
great for you to think things through maybe speak them out with other people as well but definitely not taking other people's advice because you're the genius and you know and you're here kind of to observe the world around you take things in and then move from that place then the final one we've already touched on it is is having no authority at all which is reflectors and that's all about that 28 day cycle yeah and making kind of sitting with things and yeah following that 28 day cycle and seeing how things feel after that amazing oh it's so interesting I can see why you're so (laughs) passionate about it because you get really into it don't you yeah yeah oh I'm glad you love it as well oh I do it's amazing it's amazing so if someone wants to know more about their human design Lauren and they want to kind of delve into this stuff like where can they find you how can they get in touch with you yeah um the best way at the moment is via Instagram at Legally Different. And I have a booking page, which I'll, we can leave the links in the show, in the show notes, notes presumably. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, so I'm offering one-on-one sessions at the moment, which I love, love doing. So that's the one and one and a half hour session um, called my signature human design session, where we go through, um, you know, every part of your human design, your type, your authority, how you know, how you're designed to make decisions, interact with the world, your strategy. Then we dive into your chat, work out what all the numbers mean and all the weird things going on. Um, Amazing. Your strengths and your gifts. So yeah, I love doing those. I have different ideas about um, other things I'm going to be offering very soon. But yeah, that's the best place. Oh, amazing. I would strongly recommend that anyone follows Lauren on Instagram because her content is is fab. And also, if you want to just kind of creep on her being in Mexico and feel jealous about your own life, then then do it too, because that's what I do. I'm always like, oh, there she is traveling again. <laughs> oh, thank you. No worries well, I at am all. home on Wednesday, so yeah, it's coming <laughs> to an end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for coming on and for sharing all that amazing info with us today. It's been so helpful and I'm sure our listeners will really, really love it. So thank you so much. Fab, thank you so much, Babs. It's always a pleasure chatting to you. I love your yeah light energy. Yeah, love chatting with you and thanks so much for having me on. No worries. Thanks again and we'll speak to you guys next week. If you'd like to hear more about the Legal Leverage Framework and access some free resources, including free guides and trainings, pop over to our website, which is jamesonlaw.legal and click on free resources. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Tune into our next episode to learn more about how to grow and scale your business the right way.